we're back baby <laughs> hi hello hello welcome all back to matrix podcast here we are episode three let's get it the past month i'm gonna be honest has been a bit of a whirlwind i finished up my degree i've been moving between home and exeter there's a lot going on i started lots of new like exciting things with matriarch including of course this wonderful podcast and some other exciting consultancy work with matriarch so you know lots of touch with good things happening um i just want to say a huge thank you to everyone who's joined matriarch who's been listening to the podcast who's getting involved it honestly means the world and it seems to have been received very well so thank you so much for that um so today's episode right i thought maybe a bit selfishly (laughs) for my own peace of mind as well i thought it might be quite nice to do a bit of a wrap up on my university experience and kind of that journey from sixth form Rhea, you know, 17, 18 year old Rhea and her dream for what the next three years of her life would be like to now and having actually nearly completed them. I mean, I haven't actually got my degree (laughs) technically, so this is all in kind of, you know, fingers crossed mode. Um, But just to see and and discuss that and think about that I thought it might be quite nice I'm going to focus more on my course in this episode rather than the university experience itself but I definitely am planning to do some content especially in the next few months um just surrounding my university experience and all those kinds of things as I normally do um for the past couple of years I've done a blog of a first year roundup and a second year roundup so I probably will do a third year one as well um so yeah keep your eyes peeled there'll be lots of content about uni as as per um so you know maybe you're just finishing uni as well or maybe you're about to start that part of your life which if you are good luck the best years are to come um or maybe you're like me and you're just a bit nosy (laughs) you want to find out more about my life my experience Hopefully this, as always, might even help someone. Um, I really hope it does. I think there's a lot of, um, I don't want to say rags to riches, That's, but in, in essence, in terms of, you know, have hope kind of vibes in this. So, you know, it might make you reminisce a little bit as well. So as always, happy listening. I hope you enjoy episode three on my university experience. Degree reflection, degree wrap up, whatever you want to call it. Let's get to it. So as a brief kind of, I don't know, starter, um, I am nearly finished my three-year degree of English at the University of Exeter. I have had a tumultuous time for sure, (laughs) a pandemic, Um, you know, loss of my dad, like lots of different stuff has occurred. But I've got to say, on the whole, I have still had a great experience. I'm very, very lucky and I have so much gratitude towards the people that I've met, the experiences that I've had. Yeah, of course, like some sadness on the experiences and people I might have missed out on. But, you know, I'm I'm not really going to be too aware of what I've lost in the long term anyway. So... let's take it back though let's take it back you know I'm nearly at the end but let's take it back to the beginning where did it all start right well to be honest university for me was always in my plan and my kind of like my line of vision right I've talked about this before on the blog I talk about it a lot I'm sure I will always talk about this but 
education really is one of like the pillars of Indian culture, Indian communities, Indian families, um, and not just Indian families, but <laughs> I feel like I just said the word Indian <laughs> in a really Indian way, but also Asian households, Asian families, right? And that's especially amplified, I think, when you're the children of immigrants. My parents would always say this one thing to us growing up. It's this one specific phrase. And even now, like they 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 say it to us. And the phrase is, get your education, because once you have that, no one can take it away from you. Write that phrase. No one can take it away from you. Get it, because no one can take it away. And the gravity actually of that sentiment and what they were trying to tell me it never really struck home it really didn't hit me and I didn't really understand what that meant in its kind of full force because obviously as well when you grow up hearing something you're kind of like yeah yeah mum dad whatever but as you grow up and you really start to reap the rewards of their hard work as immigrants you kind of you know it starts to really click and so it was always this background noise, I guess, to an extent until last summer, so 2020 summer. And as so many other people, I think, were in the UK, I was going through a real reckoning of, of the relationships in my life and where race played a part in those and my experiences and my opportunities, especially. I've said this before in, in, the, in our first episode, the Failure podcast, where I have been afforded many, many opportunities. I've been incredibly lucky and I'm so grateful um, to have had those, so many of which came from my parents as immigrants working so, so hard. And so phrases like that, work hard for your education and because once you have that no one can take it away from you they were really starting to hit home last year of the way that they'd shaped my life shaped my work ethic and not just me and my sisters too and I remember actually on a FaceTime um it was during lockdown and like I said I was going through this kind of reckoning realization and I excitedly very very excitedly <laughs> called my dad to say you know kind of like I get it now you know I, I understand what you mean like when you came to this country you and your parents had everything kind of stripped of you but your education was this kind of one shield it was this one protective layer that allowed you to get jobs and thrive in your own right and kind of you know live in your own right as people in a land that wasn't yours even though your land had been taken away from you, you know, all of those complexities of of a colonial reality. And I called him really excited, being like, I, I get it now, thank you for telling me this. And obviously, you know, my dad's response was like, you know, laughing, eyes rolling, oh, it's finally clicked, real well done. But, you know, to me and, and, and to him, I'm sure as well, it was a pretty monumental moment. And, and that phrase really is is pretty monumental, I think, in fairness. I think I'd always valued um, my education for these reasons. Me and my sisters always had the the value of our education and where it could take us was was never, you know, out of our eyeline. We always it was very very present in our head, and not but not just because you know our parents told us that it is, but suddenly you know 
it really hit me of why I had this work ethic and where it had come from and, and the sacrifices and, and how, how those opportunities had been put in my way. And I'd never felt so kind of privileged, you know, to have to, to have had and to be having the education that I, I was having. I, like, like I said at the start, I am so, so lucky. And I, and I, you know, thank my parents and God every day for that. And so, like I said, anyway, going back to the whole university thing, um, it was very much always in my remit. Um, and it was always very much something that we, me and my sisters were very likely going to do. But I'd like to stress it was never a pressured thing. As much as our education was extremely valued, it was never outweighed by education for the sake of it. It was very much like an education that you want to get for yourself because you care because the passion is there and that was always you know such a huge underpinning to where our parents really supported us through you know an education system which doesn't necessarily value things like the arts right you know that those were my strengths at school but I was still always so supported by my parents to do what I felt passionate about and what I loved to do get a great education with it but do it if that's what you love right very 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 lucky um it was really really hitting me but like I said university always in our remit and and you know our parents had great experiences and hearing kind of those life stories and all those amazing stories that you hear um was also obviously an incentive as well and like the adventure I guess that comes with it um and then my sisters who are six and seven years older than me Sita and Mara they went off to Durham and UCL um again loved it you know no pressure Ria <laughs> doing the best universities in the country but no pressure um and seeing them achieve you know su like that that is such an achievement in itself um and and as the youngest especially when you're like a sister you always want to be doing what your sisters are doing especially when you're little like kind of teenage years you want to be like hanging out with them and you know copying them and stealing their clothes and all that kind of stuff so that was always you know such a motivation and a drive to me and like I, I, I don't really talk about this too much with them because I I get <laughs> I get a bit embarrassed I guess but like Cecil Murray if you are listening which I hope that you are like seeing you guys and what you achieved as you know these individual independent women going off to cities that were very like Durham you know miles away in London like as as a little sister that was the biggest motivation and incentive and drive that I could have ever needed um to kind of achieve things myself um and the kind of hand in hand I guess then with how much I love learning this is a bit of a thing about me but I I've always loved and I absolutely love school and education and learning and knowledge um and you know that's never really gone away but hand in hand with that motivation you know it was just very much always there I was just I think I was always gonna be one of those people who was she was gonna go to uni you know and, and she was gonna love it it was very much always I felt you know destined I guess in a way because I was just that kind of person and and yeah it, it was correct I, I absolutely did love uni and it was 100% for me but I absolutely also doubted myself and I, I think it was less doubting myself and I think it was more doubting my capability to actually get there um I guess I really didn't 
believe that I was capable of getting myself into a univer- into a great university. And I talked about this um, quite a bit in the, again, the failure episode, our first episode. Um, I was always in like bottom sets. I was externally confident, loudest one in the classroom, would always shout out an answer even if I didn't think it was right. But internally, um, intrinsically, I was missing a hell of a lot of um, confidence and self-esteem and integrity in my capability to actually get into university. And I'll absolutely, I I really want to like flagship this now. So much of where my confidence and esteem did come from in sixth form when I was trying to get into uni was from certain teachers in sixth form who I'd never had before and my head of sixth form particularly over those two years you know of course so much of it came from me and my hard work absolutely but you know your teachers are there for a reason and I was very very lucky um that so much confidence and determination was fostered in me by these people um and that was a huge turning point and something I'm incredibly grateful for because I think it I look back now and realise actually how much impact teachers do have on you, whether it's an impact enough for you to love or hate a subject or to, you know, create this belief in you that you can get into university. That impact is huge. And like, like I say, those teachers, there are certain teachers in sixth form who really just, who really just started like turning things around for me um, and just really helping me believe in that. And so I'm, I'm incredibly grateful again for that. Again, another incredible thing that was put in my pathway to help me get to where I, where I am now. And so other than that, other than that small, that small kind of confidence thing, right? Getting into uni, I think was actually pretty, it was pretty smooth on the whole. I, I kind of say that like on tenterhooks, but um, I guess the kind of biggest, the big bump at the beginning was actually choosing a subject, right? And when I think about it now, I actually have no idea, like, what I, I would have done. Like, when I think about it now, English obviously seems like the obvious choice, but back then I really had no idea where I was going. Um, I remember for a long time wanting to do business and Italian, specifically, those two together. Um... And I think whilst I could have done, like I was great at business at school, not so great at the Italian, but really good at business. And I had like a really, I had good intentions for Italian. And I've always had such good intentions to learn languages. It's just really not something that comes naturally to me. Um, I do think that I could have done well at those subjects, for sure. I don't think I would have done badly. Um, but it, it didn't it wasn't creating any passion you know there was no fire in my belly kind of for it you know and actually I still have um these little notes that my dad wrote um with all the different universities and IB entry requirements for those specific courses and that's kind of a nice memento but like I said there was just no real hunger to do a business degree or to do Italian or whatever it just wasn't there And it then became more of a toss up. Okay, like think back, what have your parents taught you? Okay, what am I passionate about? Not business, (laughs) but actually art and English, which were always my passions, always my strengths. So it kind of became more of a toss up between those two really, art and English. And I think I kind of came to understand reading into it a bit more that I I don't think I had that 
natural desire and inclination for art school and and that kind of drive that you that I felt you did need for art school so I was kind of like okay English and it was almost like happenstance I just kind of like came upon it <laughs> as, as ridiculous as that sounds and it surprised <laughs> it surprised a lot of people believe me um my family like everyone was like English really um and not because I wasn't like I was great at English it was one of the only subjects I was in kind of the higher sets for um I was very good at writing um very very good at reading um but even my head of thick form and, I, and I'll never forget this and I'm so grateful that he made me do this but he basically sat me down and was like sell it to me explain to me why I should write a reference for you and send you off to university to do English. And at the time I was like, I was like shitting myself. I was like, oh my God, I don't know. But actually that was really important because it helped me realize, you know, what I was applying for, why I was applying for it. And it just kind of goes to prove that, you know, sometimes it does just come out of nowhere. And, and I was absolutely correct that English was the right thing for me to do. But as much as sometimes, you know, sometimes you just have to like, foster that thought a little bit more, think on it a little bit more, really, really just develop it to just nail that kind of passion element to it. Um, so like I said, yeah, that was a re really good thing. Um, and I ended up applying for it, of course. I applied to five universities. I got into four amazing ones. I think they were, it was Kings, Exeter, uh, Sussex, and I want to say East Anglia as well. I'm not 100% sure, I can't really remember. And I also did apply to Edinburgh. Um, but I retracted my application because I got the offers from Kings and Exeter that I wanted. So I was like, I'm not going to wait around for Edinburgh. <laughs> um, so I was kind of on my way and I firmed Kings College London, which were offering me um, 35 points and 666 at high level. And University of Exeter was my backup, actually. Um, and it was a very similar conditional offer, um, which actually you know it's not bad innings I'm gonna be honest at this point I will say I'm about to talk a lot about the IB I think and if you are not really sure about the IB or how it works I would quickly just do a quick google <laughs> um because I honestly cannot explain like roughly what the IB is or should I I think I will actually the IB is um another kind of qualification you can get instead of A levels my school offered them it's a really incredibly brilliant qualification that you can get um and I think it was one of the best things that I've ever done honestly but it just works slightly differently so you do six subjects three of them are at a high level three of them are at a standard level um which just means that they're less in depth your high level ones tend to be kind of the ones that you would want to do at uni kind of thing so if you do sciences you do higher level sciences you have to do specific you have to fill certain criteria basically within your subject allowances but everything also works on a points-based system so for each subject the most points you can get is is seven points um and overall there's other elements as well where you can get points but overall the top score you can get is 45 points which is the equivalent to something crazy in UCAS points like four or five a stars like it's ridiculous um but it's just not recognized in the same way I'm trying really hard to keep my um calf on about the IB because I love it but today's not the day to rant and rave about the IB um so that's roughly how it works right so where were we? Got my offers, had firmed, had put my conditionals, whatever, whatever. 
And so then I was like, right, now I've got to do the work, <laughs> right? And I continued to work my ass off. And I do not say that lightly, honestly. And I think many of the girls I did IB with at school, and then they're still my friends, like we were a friendship group. I know that this is this to be true. They will agree with me when I say I have never worked harder than when I did the IB not in my degree at any point did I work harder than when I did the IB and it wasn't even by like a slight amount it was way way more it was crazy and third year of uni you know this year has been way less intense than the IB ever was and I don't mean that in a bad way like I think this is why the IB gets a bad rap but I just mean it in the way that it it was just a different kind of working and it was so thorough and it prepped me incredibly well for university my sisters also did the IB and that was you know so much feedback and they were absolutely right it preps you so well in so many ways and because of that prep I was and this is not even in an academic way this is like more in like a lifestyle way I was able to cope so well with work and life and then also like a you know fucking pandemic on top of that as well and and just achieving that balance that time management that organization and then on top of that to be honest like in my third and final year to also be experiencing grief after the death of my father like you know nothing nothing ever prepares you for grief that's not what i'm saying i'm i am in no way i'd like to say i'm in no way claiming <laughs> the iv prepared me for my grief that's ridiculous that's not what i'm saying but what I am saying is that specifically the IB helped grow my work ethic and my time management skills to such an extent so that when it came to having to deal with work and grief I was really able to manage my time and look after myself even under this kind of tremendous feeling of grief and I'd also like to point out that <laughs> this this is not an advert for the IB like I know that it might really really sound that way right now but it's honestly not um there's a running joke between like my friends at school about how much I love the IB and and I honestly do like I I think I could do a whole IB podcast to be honest um but anyway enough about <laughs> enough about the IB so I worked my ass off it came to results day which was like I think early July so we're talking early July 2018 now so I needed to get into King's College London that was absolutely where I wanted to go I had got accommodation in Elephant and Castle which I was kind of upset about but it was fine I needed to get 35 IB, IB points which is roughly the equivalent to between two A's and a B or three A's for A level. So, you know, a very, very like decent, respectable school. But I also had to, on top of that, I also had to attain this second technical requirement of getting three sixes in all of my high level subjects. And when I got my results back, I got 35 points, amazing, really happy with that. But I got 665 instead of 666 at high level. And actually, my five was in English, which was very unexpected and kind of worrying. <laughs> I was like, I want to go do an English degree, but the lowest mark I got was in English. That's not great, right? Um, and unfortunately, that one technicality of not getting a six was what sent me to Exeter instead of King's. And actually, not unfortunately, that was the best thing that honestly could have happened to me. 
but Kings would not take me because of that one tiny technicality. And believe me when I say, I panicked, okay, because this was not in the plan at all. I was absolutely devastated. You know, this was not what I had envisioned for myself. I thought I was going to rock up on results day, get my 35 points, head out the door, go to Ikea, pack my bed. I was off to London. This was not what was going to happen. And I think it is that thing of like, you, you envision almost like a whole life for yourself and it sounds ridiculous but it's true and I think so many people do this you envision like what you know university is going to be and you set expectations especially for like living in London and going to uni in London and because of that small technicality they were all shattered you know so all of these like friends I'd imagine making and places the places I'd imagine going and seeing like that was all suddenly gone and so this was really not a good day <laughs> for real all, all my family to be honest you know I think we were all very jolted by it um because like I said as as me and my sisters are as me and my family are like I was such a hard worker there was at no point did I give in or not work hard enough so the expectation was kind of that actually things were going to be fine and actually things were fine I got an incredibly good score for you know what I was predicted for what I expected of myself but I think it's you know you instantly start thinking back to okay Sita and Mara's results day and they'd gotten in smooth sailing it was fine um so what what do we do now you know this is not what what we had practiced this is not what we expected what was I going to do I was shitting myself but like I said whilst I was nervous about it as it turns out it was absolutely like the best thing that could have happened to me for sure and actually funnily enough the only the unis that I had visited to prepare were King's College London and Exeter and I actually loved both even though they're like polar opposites really of universities extra is you know such a beautiful campus and it's very small city big campus student life buzz whereas King's is you know in Waterloo heart and centre of London and you know it's, it's that London buzz if you ever wanted it right but I love both you know there was never any point in me where I was like one over the other for me it was the course that really um swayed me towards kings and there was no real reason i like it wasn't london specifically that i wanted to go to so when kings wouldn't take me exeter said they would because i'd met their overall points offer that i needed but i'd also put them as my backup anyway and i had to wait for a week to get confirmation of this and honestly it was I would say it was the most stressful and emotional week, but it's not. I've experienced worse. Um, it was one of the most stressful and emotional weeks ever for, again, not just me, but my family as well. Um, but we got there. It took a week, but we got there. And in July 2018, it was set that I was going to go to the University of Exeter and study a BA in English for three years. And I was honestly ecstatic with it. Like, there was there was obviously this, like, weird feeling of like oh okay kings is kind of out the window and i'm not gonna live in london that but there was no like resentment towards that there was no part of me that was like oh fuck i'll, I'll have to go to exeter i was like no i'm going to exeter and i'm really excited about it um so that was that was you know really really nice and that was very much kind of my journey from um 
thinking about universities to actually getting into one and of course I did all the normal stuff and and again I think I want to keep this separate I want to focus more on like my course experience in this episode and then talk about the life stuff but I did do the whole going to Ikea and (laughs) buying all the crap that you don't ever need or use um and all that kind of stuff and and I and I definitely will do a podcast on like life at uni because it's very different from the course and I think it's too much to conglomerate all of those um so yeah that was that was my journey to get into Exeter but what about the actual course right and what's really funny like to think about now is I knew honestly I knew fuck all about the English course at Exeter which sounds ridiculous but the, the reason why I knew so little was because I saw I visited the campus I had such a great day and and that was great because I knew that I loved I was gonna love the city and where I live so I could kind of tick off the the basic lifestyle box of Exeter and I thought yeah I'm gonna like this but the course I kind of had no idea all I remember was seeing they did a Shakespeare module seeing like quite a bit of Shakespeare throughout different modules and thinking yeah perfect for me when I left university, when I when I left university, when I left school, Shakespeare was everything, and and to an extent, like Shakespeare still really has a huge place in my heart for sure. But Shakespeare was like everything, and what I mean by that is like, I remember studying the Merchant of, and I studied Shakespeare from like year seven. That's what we did at private school. Um, God, I I hate myself too. Um, but I remember our. Um, what's it called GCSE Shakespeare text was the Merchant of Venice which was an odd choice I think because the other ones on the syllabus were like King Lear and Hamlet and all those kind like those classic ones but our school chose the Merchant of Venice and to be honest that was like such a turning point for me because I remember studying it and reading it and just being so captured by Shakespeare for the first time and I think a lot of people who study English will have a very definitive like Shakespeare related memory whether it's they realize they didn't like him or whether actually they didn't like their plays but they loved Shakespeare's sonnets or whatever it is and for me I remember learning Merchant of Venice so clearly I loved it so much and my teacher Mr Diddy was brilliant and our class was great as well um and since then like Merchant of Venice and Shakespeare particularly were just like these two things I really locked onto. I was like, yeah, this is for me. And I wrote I wrote all about it in my personal statement to get into university. I wrote about it for my extended essay for the IB, which is like um, a 4,000 word mini dissertation you have to do as part of it. I was obsessed, you know, I really, really enjoyed it. And so that's all I really cared about when I, before I went to uni to do with my course. All I cared about was, is there going to be Shakespeare? Yes, fine, I'm there. Um, and so that was very much, I think, my scope and understanding of English as well. Like, I, uh, what's great, again, about the IB is I studied such a huge range of texts, um, from poems to plays to prose, novels, like everything, with so many different authors and backgrounds and styles. And that was brilliant. Um but for me in my head I think English was still very much like Shakespeare based which you know is is quite classic I think for a lot of people coming out of school but (laughs) I got to university (laughs) and it was completely different it was not what I thought it was going to be and I think it depends on which university you go to and which department you know you have but different departments feel differently about it and my department just 
it's not that they hated Shakespeare because they love they love Shakespeare, but it's that their take on Shakespeare was untraditional in the sense that they focused a lot on um, his on the way in which a lot of his work can be questioned in the modern day in terms of did he actually write it those kinds of questions and you know again this was like earth shattering for me this was this was one of the few authors who i'd loved and praised and suddenly you know they were being really devalued and i was like what the hell is going on here and a huge part well the main reason like i was so upset about that was because Shakespeare you know this absolute institution that I loved and and what I thought of as English was completely dismantled um and you know that that hurt and that was difficult in the same way that I'd had these expectations of going to King's and London it was just like a weird thing to kind of imagine and also it seemed kind of conflicting to what you're told at school where Shakespeare is like this you know the bard you know he is the, the father of of english you know in so many ways and suddenly they're like no actually we don't believe that (laughs) you know it's kind of it's kind of odd but there was definitely a saving grace let's say in my course where okay i came to uni hoping and expecting for shakespeare and thinking that would be you know my thing and i was going to be that girl who just loved shakespeare god but actually there was another incredible module that would be like the turning point for not only me and my relationship with my degree and English as a subject but my really my understanding of the world you know as it was this module was called approaches to criticism and it was essentially a module all about critical theory which was something I had no clue about before uni now this is the part that might sound really stupid to some and but but it's not stupid and if you don't know what it is if you are at a school level and you don't know what things like marxism are and capitalism are and communism are honestly it doesn't mean you're stupid it just means you haven't been taught and exposed to those things and yeah part of it sure is independent study but I just wasn't at that level and I didn't really have that kind of engagement but this module approaches to criticism was game changing because it offered me context for the first time really I felt in my education usually when we approached books novels poems whatever there was some context in terms of like history and stuff but in terms of like social and political context there was really none of that like we really didn't talk about this but this module was all about that it was a two-term module and term one focused on structures so things like communism marxism capitalism structuralism post-structuralism all those ridiculous cant concepts and then term two was all about subjects so we focused on bodily autonomy and queer theory and critical race studies and feminism and all of these things that I felt like I needed to know about but I had just never had had the chance to learn about them before this module like I said was game changing going into it I had no idea what the module was about I had no idea what was going on and I felt really crazy crazily crazily out of my depth I really was like fuck I have no idea what I'm doing but that module completely shaped and changed my understanding of the world around me and and kind of 
the systems and institutions that I was living within, it was very, very game changing. But I had absolutely no expectation of it. And I'll come back to the point of feeling stupid. I felt so stupid for not knowing these things because a lot of my peers around me did know and could really, really thoroughly engage with these concepts in like seminars or whatever. If you laugh and you think, it, you know, oh yeah, you are stupid for not knowing that at the age of 18, I challenge you, at the age of 18, did you thoroughly understand and know about post-colonialism, the effect that it had in Britain and where that left us now and the way it affected so many immigrants because if you can't explain that to me then I don't want to I don't want to talk to you like it's not fair to kind of to me knowing about Marxism was just as important as post-colonial theory if not I think post-colonial theory was actually more important for me as an individual so <clears throat> don't let people think make you think that you're stupid because you're not at all but this module, I had no expectation of it, right? I had no idea it really existed, what it was about, like, you know, how it was going to change things for me. So I think that just kind of goes to show that so often your expectations are almost always going to be slightly off, right? They're going to surprise you in both good and bad ways. You know, the Shakespeare module was a real letdown, but this approaches to criticism module, like, blew my socks off and really blew me out the water and really surprised me but I think that's kind of what is exciting about uni and the, these are the those are the moments the unexpected moments are the ones that shape your experience and they're the things that you remember as well so much um and often the things that have such a great impact on you as well so I think those are really exciting it's what makes uni so great as a place as well but then also trailing on from the kind of feeling stupid thing like feeling out of my depth was <laughs> was one of the most common <laughs> and and you know constant feelings especially for me in in first year I would say third year term two so we're talking like January to uh, April time really that was the first and like the only time in my degree that I've ever felt like I I have so much conviction and authority and like confidence in myself it was like the first time in my education I really felt that way but rewind to to when I started university I have a very very vivid memory of being a fresher sat at my desk in Lafrauda in my accommodation trying to read certain sections of the Odyssey by Homer that we had to read for week two of first year of university I had no idea what the fuck I was doing and I was shitting myself because I was literally reading this and I was like, I've never really done epic poetry. I don't really know what any of this means. Who the fuck is Odysseus and Penelope? Is, is Penelope in it? I actually have no clue. I can't even remember. And I was just like, I don't know what's going on. And I felt so out of my depth because I thought, wait, was school meant to prepare me so that I could do this? Have I just not been taught properly, which is definitely not the case? Have I just like been completely lost or am I just really thick? Like I had no idea. And it was such a common feeling for me. And, and on top of that, I was getting consistently low marks for no other reason, honestly, than just the fact that I had stuff to learn. And what I mean by that is I was writing essays, which were fine. And it wasn't that I wasn't working hard enough. I was working my ass off, even for a fresher. But 
it was just things like I just hadn't gotten to I hadn't learned enough to know how to write a really good confident essay those were skills that I was yet to learn through my degree and one thing that I remember hearing a lot from people in first year was like remember especially like my parents and my sisters like remember no one comes to university if they can already do it like no one takes a degree if they can already do it it's because everyone has stuff to learn and just because you're getting low marks for x y and z doesn't mean that someone who's getting higher marks doesn't have stuff to learn or isn't lacking in some area but obviously like reaffirming that to yourself can be really really hard but like I remember I have such vivid memories of of this approaches to criticism module in first term and I had a I was very very lucky to have a really great seminar group and shout out to all of those people in that group because you made it such a good experience for me I felt so comfortable with them very quickly and me and my best friend Lauren were sat next to two of our friends Alex and Dee and we had a really great time in our seminars because they were just really they were kind of know-it-alls and kind of really really annoying um but like were also really great um just to work with and I remember like often my way of kind of understanding things and this is still something I do all the time is if someone teaches me something or if I learn something I then go and re- explain it to someone else because I always like think of that Einstein quote where it's like if you can't explain something simply you don't know it well enough and I really I really do believe in that like hardcore and I remember I like our seminar leader would like we'd be talking about like I don't know, like discourse for example okay discourse the idea of discourse is now like something I talk about and and write about and chat about all the time but back then I was like what the hell is discourse and I would I remember like in my seminars trying to explain it back to Aiden my seminar leader and and thinking yeah, yeah yeah this is right this is this is what I think it is is this right and he was just like no <laughs> he was just like no like that's that's not what it is. I remember like Alex and D like laughing kind of at me but like it was also with me but th- these were two guys who who were genuinely incredibly intelligent but they'd also just learned a lot of this kind of stuff at school before because they'd taken like politics or whatever so they really understood these things and actually sat sat next to them it really just pushed me and it, it really just made me want to work harder rather than just give up because I was like fuck I don't know this I'm not gonna learn it whatever um so feeling out of your depth in your course whatever course you do is also normal and I'd really like to stress that if you feel stupid that's kind of the point <laughs> in a way like that's kind of the reason you're doing further education in the subject is to learn more and also just accepting like sometimes you're not gonna like and get on with every topic you come in into contact with especially in a subject like English I think this is one thing that if you don't do a humanity or you don't do a degree like English it's really hard to grasp but there are so many different pathways and sectors you can go down with English like the people who I started learning with them in first year our dissertations if you look at them are wildly different because we just have different interests and one of my best friends Lottie she's brilliant at uh, modernism and Virginia Woolf and that's like very much her thing whereas I hate it and I'm terrible at it and I've never really got it whereas my thing is very much more the critical theory pathway and looking at um like social interaction with literature and that's very much my thing 
but that's what again makes uni uni and what makes your course so exciting especially of course like English the scope is unbelievable of where you could go down and what possibilities you could come out with um so yeah feeling out of your depth is normal but it also is is definitely the opportunity to find new things I think as well because whilst you might struggle with something you will find something else that just clicks for you so whilst the politics stuff I found really really hard discourse week it was hard but once it clicked it clicked and I was like right this is it you know this is very much my thing so you know it was great I I found brilliant things like critical theory things that I had no idea about um and not only did they become like the underpinning for my degree, but they also became like the underpinning for Matriarch. Like I always talk about when when people have asked me about Matriarch and how it started and stuff. I talk about the fact that I came out of my first year of uni suddenly like I had an awakening. Like I was very aware suddenly of these structures and things that underpinned our world, um, whether they were political or social concepts or whatever it was. And it helped me to just gain some confidence in my opinions and talk about them confidently because I felt like, okay, I've actually got facts to back this up. You know, I've actually got, you know, knowledge here, <laughs> which I didn't have before. Um, and it gave me the confidence to start talking about things like, like post-colonial experiences in my family and blog about those and then therefore my relationship as a second generation immigrant with my culture and the white people in my life like talking about those things and like feminist issues and like issues of sexuality and heteronormativity like being able to talk about those things because I've been taught them was huge and and it comes down like to the resources I make now um so many of them are politically and socially driven and that comes from the fact that I did study initially in first year this one module called approaches to criticism so I've really got a it's actually quite nice to talk about this because I'm really reflecting on how much it's really impacted me um and my and how my degrees so much now become a basis for what I do in in my freelance work in matriarch and consultancy and and whether it's you know because I learned stuff of how learned things that allowed me to write the resources that I write now or whether it's like the fact that I learned how to write appropriately for different audiences and in different styles and different occasions I've been very very lucky to gain you know this whole new set of skills which in essence is what a university degree is isn't it so it all kind of makes sense right but I think as well like it's really nice to just see and and I, and I want to go back to this like I really flourished I think in final year and, and I can say that about myself which I never thought I would be able to say the difference just in terms of like when I read essays back oh god I hate doing this but like I read a couple of essays back that I wrote in first year and my god they were <laughs> they were kind of criminal but listen we, we all start from somewhere and back then that was the best that I could do and it's great now that I can do better but I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna take it out on 18 year old Rhea she was trying her best but like even in my style and I keep using these words but it's true but the growth that I've had in my confidence and actually something my supervisor for my dissertation said she said to me you wrote with such authority and that for me was a real moment of like 
I've really f- championed myself for that because authority is never ever a word that I would have ever used to describe my writing, my voice, my dialect ever because I never thought it was worthy of that. Like I thought, wow. So when I heard that someone thought that my writing had authority and it was good and it was worthy, sometimes you do need that validated by other people and it really changed everything for me. It was kind of the turning point in my final year where I realised actually, you know what, I can do this. And it was just having feedback from like my, my best friend Joe. He often we often read each other's essays and he read um like a two thousand word extract I had to do for my dissertation. And his feedback was just and and he doesn't give feedback lightly, so it really meant the world to me. And he said that was he thought one of the best pieces of my work he'd ever read. And to just hear that from certain people sometimes, it really just goes to show how far you've come. And I think especially in third year, like after losing my dad in the summer, like I was not in the position where I was focused on making my essays the best they could be. My focus was, I just want to get through today without crying too much. (laughs) You know, I just want to hand in my essay on time um, and not have to deal with too much mitigation. You know, that was very much my headspace. But to reflect on that actually right now and think actually no not only did I do my work but I did it to the to my highest standard to the best of my ability to the point where actually I do read my work now and I am actually proud of it and I do think there's confidence and authority and and you know what I do know my shit and having that realization and reflecting in this moment on that is actually it's, it's really nice. <laughs> it sounds so anticlimactic, but it, it's it's great. And if you told 18-year-old Rhea all this and you showed her the kind of work that she'd be writing in third year, like, she never would have believed it. Of course she wouldn't, because it seemed so out of reach for me. But it just goes to show that you can't, you do learn so much <laughs> so, so quickly. Um, and, you know, compared to how I wrote my extended essay when I was 17 for the IB or 16 versus my dissertation you know so so different so wildly different and yet still both so worthy so yeah god that was that was kind of deep wasn't it to end with um but yeah that and, and honestly on the whole if I had to just summarize my degree I would just say it's made me so happy I have been afforded so many opportunities. My degree was the first time I ever had the opportunity to learn about colonialism, post-colonialism, the effect it had on my family, my heritage. Um, I was able to then explore that in literature, discuss that, discuss like my Sikh Punjabi roots, discuss my like cultural hybridity and the a hybrid experience of being a generational immigrant in the UK like on no other course could I really do that in the particular way I've been able to do that here not only in like an academic way but then also in an expressionist way like I've been able to express myself through that and I feel incredibly lucky to have done that so yeah I actually bloody love my degree and if I ever I'm starting to hate on it. Just refer me back to this podcast episode and I'll rebuke all of my words. Um, Yeah. Wow. That's quite nice, isn't it? (laughs) But that's my degree for you. Um, English at Exeter. It's, It's pretty good. 
Thank you so much for listening to our third episode of the podcast. If you have any feedback, please let us know. We're always welcome to it. Send us a DM on Instagram. Our handle is at MTRRCH. Thank you again for listening, guys, and we hope you'll come back next week.